Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hey everybody, welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Hope everybody's been doing well. I hope you guys have had the opportunity to listen to the last couple of uh, episodes I've had on. One being the um, Groundhog Day Grabber one. Does anybody know which part was me? Did, did anybody recognize my voice? I was the reporter, <laughs> and I had a fun time doing it. Um, and then um, last Sunday, what was that, February 4th, it, no, February 6th, sorry, February 4th was when it went on Patreon, February 6th for everybody else, the Sweetheart Swindler situation, or Sweetheart Swindle, uh, with my friend Sarah, and... Uh, has that happened to anybody you know or yourself? It is just heartbreaking. And again, it's just, oh, you know, her mom doesn't know any better, I guess you could say, is what everybody was saying, at least in the family. But we're all trying to educate her and and help her understand that this is not right. I mean, at what point is she going to understand? And it's just heartbreaking because my friend worries about her mom. And now her mom has completely written her off and feels that uh, my friend and her brother just want their mother to be miserable or wants her money or something like that. And that's not it. This happens all the time. Um, In fact, on the next uh, Ponder episode next week... I guess it'll be next week from when you guys are listening to this. I will be doing an um, a little story from a man's point of view of when he was swindled like that. And I have a little article that I'm going to read along about a woman who got caught doing this. I had another article that I wanted to share with you um, for the last one, but it was already long enough, so I didn't want to extend it any longer. So I looked it up today just to see, okay, maybe I can follow up with it. But apparently, you have to have a subscription online to the New York Times to access it. So I think when I was um, doing my research, I found it and I may have been able to read a little bit. But as I wanted to extend the page down to read more, they stopped me. How dare they? (laughs) 
On Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I provide them with a safe place to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. If you have been through this, whether it be because you were unfaithful or you were betrayed, you know that you just can't open the topic for discussion with your family and friends. It can be very lonely to process it all on your own. I know from my own experience, when I was being unfaithful, the emotions that can all be too consuming. These reasons are why I chose to create this podcast. I don't condone infidelity. But it happens, and I refuse to place judgment on anyone. But I also feel it is just as important to learn what the husband or partner endures when this truth is revealed. What was it that led him to feel suspicious of her? How did he find out? How did he process all of this and what would he do next? How could he confront her? I remember being in a group of men, some married, some single, when one of the guys told a joke. It went like this. Scientists have discovered a food that makes women lose all interest in sex. The food is wedding cake. (laughs) All the married men in the group laughed, myself included. Not one of the single men laughed. They really didn't get it. I remembered thinking, well, I'm not alone in my dysfunctional sex life as a married man. To facilitate the face-to-face meeting, Lisa booked a room in a hotel that was two minutes walk from my office. A hotel that I passed by several times every day. I still wonder to myself if Lisa did that deliberately in a sort of fuck you, Mike kind of way. She wrote to tell Richard that the room was booked. Next, fate intervened. Lisa asked me to help her set up an email group for a work-related email. As I was doing that on the home PC with her sitting beside me, a Facebook message popped up in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. It said something like, Oh, how I long to wake up with you in my arms. By subscribing to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity on Patreon, you will get to hear these stories from the husband or partner's point of view as they share their side of the betrayal. Has your wife or partner been unfaithful? Have you not had anybody to really talk to about it? You're not alone. Perhaps you might even want to share your side for the show to help others. Visit rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and select Patreon to subscribe. Pledges start at $3 a month for the No Judgment tier. Not only do you get two extra stories a month, you get early access to the regular Raw Truth Stories ad-free and my outtakes. When you select the I Love This Podcast tier, which is $5 a month pledge, not only will you receive everything in the No Judgment tier, you will receive a No Judgment bracelet and an acknowledgement on a future Raw Truth episode, first name only with your city and state. All right, so today we are going to start with Annie's story. This is going to be a two-part episode, so in two weeks from when this streams, so 
looks like about February 27th, or if you're a Patreon subscriber, you should have access on February 25th, we will complete her story. But this isn't necessarily about her infidelity. It's about her being the other woman. Hi, Rebecca. I stumbled on your podcast while trying to find answers to if I did the right thing in a situation I am in. As you can already guess, it was an affair situation. My childhood was a happy one. We were poor and moved around a bit. I had a few homes and went to a few schools, which was tough to make friends. My parents are still married and have been married for 45 years. They say that lovers always end up like friends with no intimacy, which I have wanted to avoid for me, but they seem happy. I have one sibling who is engaged and just had a baby. When I was really little, I thought I would marry my brother, haha. Ha. I always wanted to be married, but I want to be with someone who is willing to look at our relationship and ourselves and work on things, not just treat it like something that will thrive without care. I used to think maybe I'd have children, but I never met anyone in my 20s or 30s to settle down with. And by my late 30s, the men were always wanting marriage or commitment and had often already had children. I've never felt that much of a need for my own children, but would be very happy co-parenting someone else's little ones. Now, I still want marriage. This hasn't changed because my criteria is the same. To me, being able to look at yourself in relation to others is very important, and if someone isn't willing to do that, then it's a deal breaker for me. At times, when I've been in relationships in the past and we have had trouble, the men often have said, well, there's nothing wrong with me, it's obviously you that has problems. I believe you should take 100% responsibility for your 50%, and marriage needs this. I have been friends with a man, let's call him Hamilton, for six and a half years. We have similar values, goals, hobbies, financial views, etc. I met him and another guy, a friend of his, at the same time, and although I was instantly attracted to him, I found out that he was in a relationship, so it was a no-go. His friend Vincent asked me out, and although I said no the first handful of times, eventually I said yes. The relationship with Vincent wasn't great. I stayed in it too long. One of the reasons being that if I ended it, I wouldn't get to spend time with Hamilton anymore, who I was still very drawn to. The four years that Vincent and I dated, I got insight into Hamilton's relationship with his partner, and it seemed to me and most of his best friends that it was a terrible relationship with her treating him very badly. They did nothing together. He was treated like a house slave, and he reported their intimacy and sex life had been non-existent for about seven years after her having their daughter. After the first couple of years of this, of him trying to initiate sex, offer ideas, ask her what he could do to please her, take on more load around the house, etc., and her begrudgingly letting him stick it in and get it over with. Her view was that men only wanted one thing in life, and they, and sex, was dirty. I have met Hamilton's partner two times. 
once at a New Year's Eve dinner that he and I and our best friends organized. She's not really friends with them, or anyone to be honest, and doesn't make an effort to come to stuff. She sat across from me, keeping in mind that this was a number of years prior to him and I spending alone time together. She spent the whole night, along with another female partner who was there, talking about how little they liked their partners and calling them names. I was disgusted as this had been the first time I'd met her. The other woman and her partner are now separated. He left her because he was sick of how she spoke to him. They split everything 50-50 and now have a good friendship and treat each other better. The other time was when Vincent and I asked them to come to dinner, much to Vincent's dismay as he said she was not a fun person to be around. The entire dinner, she whined and told Hamilton all the things he was doing wrong and made him look small and little. A belittled, verbally abused man. Just prior to ending things with Vincent, Hamilton and I went out for a beer, and it was the best time I'd had with someone in years. It was just so easy, so perfect. Nothing happened physically, but I knew even if I was never with him, the relationship I had with Vincent was just not enough for me. So I ended it. As soon as Hamilton got wind of this, we started hanging out more and more, and after three months, things got physical. We spent four to five times a week together between our hobbies, which we are in the same club for, and then our own dates a few times a week, including some midweek and some on the weekend. Eventually, about five months after our first date, he told me he wanted to be with me and wanted to tell his partner he was leaving. I was delighted but cautious. I told him to take the space to do it and to let me know when it was done, if that was what he wanted to do. About one month later, she got diagnosed with breast cancer, and it's been a roller coaster ever since. He says he wants to leave, but feels stuck. He stood by her while she had a mastectomy. At one stage, they discussed whether she would get an implant, and her reply was, I see no point as I never plan on having sex again. There have also been times when he has had manscaping done, and I have said, won't she find that odd? And he said no, because we never see each other naked. Why does someone stay with someone who treats them so dismissively? I have told him multiple times that he needs the space to sort things with her. The longest we didn't talk was five weeks, and at the end of it is when he told me she had just found out that she had breast cancer and to leave her now would be hateful. I have to agree with this kindness, which is attractive, and it also makes it harder. She had a lumpectomy, then a mastectomy, and it was after that he started telling her seriously that it needed to change, and and he started seeing a therapist to give him tools to end it and separate amicably. There have been many times throughout this that I have said, I deserve better, let me know when it's done. But we end up chatting as friends and planning things and end up back in the same boat. I know if I can't hold my boundaries, I can't expect him to. I get that. 
Just a week ago, he told me that she needs radiation therapy now, too. We are going to go ahead and end today's episode here, and we will find out where things are when we get back in two weeks. Find out what Annie has decided to do or not do, but we'll take it from there. I really appreciate everybody still hanging in there. I know I was gone for a couple of months and uh, all these wonderful stories have been coming in. Thank you. Thank you. I'm always up for more though. So if you've still been trying to decide whether or not you are comfortable, just reach out to me. You can email me rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. I'd be happy to help direct you to my story guides or walk you through the story process. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com to access story guides, subscribe to Patreon for bonus episode of the men's side of female infidelity, and to vote for this podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story for the show, share feedback, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or send by snail mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Every story is always anonymous. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is produced and edited by Rebecca Adams. You can follow the show on Facebook at Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, on Instagram at Podcast Raw Truth, and on Twitter at Raw Female. Thank you again, and be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.